What is up, podcast family? I welcome you back to a new episode. The episode we are having today, I have Nick McFall with us. He is he is close to me. He is family. He is he is married to my cousin Stephanie, who was on our last episode. She gave a wonderful testimony. Go check it out. Um, you need to get in touch with us if you would like to give us feedback. If you have any questions or concerns, you can email us at real life, real talk, real Jesus at gmail.com. What's up, Nick? How are you? I'm good, Chase. How are you? Man, I am just living the dream, living the dream, blessed every day. Amen to that. So, Nick, I brought you on here because you and Stephanie both have amazing testimonies of came from and where you are now. Um, the, the testimonies that I know about through you guys is one that's special because I've seen it firsthand. I've seen where y'all were. I've seen where you are now. And I'm just tickled to death that we have, that God is building such an army as this, you know, to have so many avenues and to have so many people of faith and character. And I'm just excited about it. Cause when we went out that day, Nick, when we went out that day, I'll never forget it the rest of my life. Yeah, it was, uh, it's been, yeah, I'll never forget it either. It's, I have, I think about it all the time. You know, that was my first experience of, uh, actually doing that. So, you know, uh, I've been wanting to do it again since I've done it, but. Uh, I'm excited. We're going to do it again. Um, but, but Nick, we're going to go in. I want to ask, talk to you about some things. But, uh, but first, I want the audience to know how we met, Nick. Oh, uh, uh, well, let's, <laughs> let's see. Good story. Yeah, so uh, I guess it was a bit about uh, a little over a decade ago. Um, I was I was dating, you know, Chase's cousin Stephanie, which I'm married to now. But anyways, we were dating. We were just young, wild, living living somebody else's dream at the time. And uh, my uh, my grandma, the dog started barking. My grandma hollered through the, through the house and said, "Hey, Stephanie, the police are here." So uh, yeah, lo and behold, it was uh, it was Chase. He come to to arrest Stephanie, and um, and here we are. <laughs> That's it. That's the first time I ever met Nick. But they, now people are gonna look at me like, "Hey, he arrested his own cousin." But see, the thing about it was, is I knew that not getting her out of that situation, that you know, it could have been her life or anything else. You know, it could have yes. been your life. We, we all learned a lot out of that. Very well could have been, Chase. Very well. Yeah. But I love you guys. And, you know, I'm so proud of the the children of God y'all have become. You know, we have all grown together. You know, I was telling last episode that just because, just because that I was in law enforcement doesn't mean that I wasn't still a sinner. You know, I was still living a life of the world. I just had more regulations and rules that the world gave me, you know? Right. And Nick, man, I am I am so blessed for you to be in the And I know 
your testimony is going to change the lives of so many people, so many people out there. And that's why I wanted to plug you into this podcast. I wanted to do, I wanted to do the, the separate together. You know, I wanted to take you and Stephanie and do two different podcasts separate because your stories will align together. But I know y'all came from different backgrounds. Lord, uh, or Nick, can you give us uh, so, some of your background? Uh, well, I grew up in uh, Taylorsville, Georgia, for the most part of my life. I was, um, you know, I grew up uh, with an outlaw family. And, you know, it was pretty much, you know, shootouts. There was, I mean, it was a while. It, you didn't have to watch Saturday Night Wrestling. I mean, it was like, it was live in my living room all the time. And, uh, you know, it, those, those were just normal things to me. Um, I was exposed to, uh, you know, just to drugs and to that type lifestyle from, from birth. Um, I didn't, I grew up, I didn't know my dad until I got up into my late, later or mid teens. And, uh, my mom, you know, she struggled with some addiction issues, uh, so she had she had served a lot of time a lot of my childhood you know in prison so I bounced around a lot you know in uh, state custody um, foster homes um, finally I was able to when I right before I started high school you know my, I was able to uh, my grandma was able to get me and uh, you know and she and I was about to quit school and she just she wanted me to stay in school and I said she made me a promise that she would keep me in the same school if I would if I would stay and graduate. So you know that's what I did. I kept my promise and she kept hers. And that was pretty much those four years was pretty much the only stable years of my of my youth. Uh, after high school, you know, I kind of sat around like a bump on a log for a little while. You know, not really. You know, just working construction jobs, not not really pursuing anything. You know, and and that kind of got the best of me. Um, because what I've seen growing up was so normalized that, and those people, you know, I was working with these people that were friends of my family or my family, and you know, I was they're 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 again exposed to drugs, and uh, only this time I was partaking in it, and uh, I, you know, you've heard the saying they'll take you further than you ever want to go. It'll cost you more than you want to to uh, pay, and I forgot the rest of the saying, but that you get the drift. But um, I got into drugs, you know, and I, I lived out in the country. So it was, for a, unfortunately, I got away with it for a long time. And I, I really, looking back on it now, I wish I'd have got caught the first time I ever did it because I, it was, it would have served me better, you know. But it didn't happen that way. And uh, and I had a drug addiction for about ten years there. And you know, I I met Stephanie in my mid twenties. And we both were just wild. Um, I think it was about our third date. I, in a drug-induced psychosis, I crashed through the Home Depot here in Cartersville, running over all kinds of stuff. And ultimately, that sent me to prison for a little while. You know, um, I went to prison for a little while, and I, I came home from prison, and Stephanie and I reconnected, but... You know, we were still just not much had changed. We just got a little older, and uh, we Stephanie conceived JC, so we had a we had a baby on the way, and uh, here we are. You know, not knowing what we're going to do, 
we actually straight we actually cleaned our act up. We actually cleaned our act up through her pregnancy, but that didn't last very long because we were we were just trying to we didn't know how to we didn't know we didn't know what recovery was at the time. We didn't we definitely didn't know who Jesus was. Um so we had JC and Stephanie got into recovery and I didn't and our lives couldn't have been going further. Our lives were going in two completely different directions at that time. And I didn't know how to deal with it because she was trying to do better for her and our daughter. And I was still caught up in the ways, the way of the world. And she was just trying to find herself and make a life for her and her daughter, our, our daughter. And uh, so I started going back and forth to jail, back and forth to jail, back and forth to jail. And Stephanie continued to work on herself. Ultimately, you know, several years down the road, I ended up in drug court. I ended up staying at the Good Neighbor Homeless Shelter, and I and I found I found myself in recovery. Um, before Stephanie and I had split up, Stephanie got pregnant again, and so we actually have two daughters together. So um, I had all the reason in the world right there to. To uh, to do right, I just I just didn't want to do right on my own, and I got into recovery. And you know, looking back at it now, I know I, I see God's hand. I'm able to see that that was God intervening in my life, reaching out to me, answering a prayer of desperation to to a God that I I, I know I knew about God. I just didn't know God. And He answered my prayer, and He put me through a program that was. Those of you that don't that don't know what drug court is, it's a it's a uh, it's a tough program. I mean, it's a it's tough. But I've got to the program, and through the program, I, I was able to uh, you know get back with Stephanie, get my family back, all the things that I I wanted, but I still didn't find God. I still didn't find. I still wasn't saved. I still didn't know who Jesus was, and uh, all that came crashing down because I tried to white knuckle through the program. And try to walk and thought I could do it on my own. And uh, ultimately, you know, we found ourselves right back where we were uh, once before. And it was in that time of desperation after we lost everything that I started to I started to find I started to search Jesus because I mean I've had accumulated so many things on my own, but it didn't fill that void that I'd been searching for I didn't feel I just didn't fulfill feel fulfilled um, well, that's, that's good stuff Nick and that, that's that a lot you know you just you know I'm very impressed with that you just decompiled from childhood all the way up and I feel like I'm completely caught up to a story and that, that is amazing to me because the audience is going to hear this, Nick. And I was just, I was sucked in the whole time and I know part of your testimony. Uh, you know, I was sucked into it from the beginning because I can relate to not having a father. Yeah. And thank God I had an amazing mother who kept me grounded, you know, and, and, and everything. Um, she kept, but she had a good head on, she has a good head on her shoulders. And, and even when I was a kid, you know, she did everything she could for me, but 
But as soon as you said, without a father, boom, it resonated with me because my dad left when I was a year old, my biological father. And that was, that was a, that's a life struggle in itself. Yeah. You go in and you lose both your parents, you know, in situations. And I was like, man, how does a, how does a kid get through that? And you, and look at you though, look at you today, you know, going from the first time I met you was in that circumstance to going into now that I know you, you know, that we built that relationship over time. It's just like you're talking about building that relationship with Jesus. I I knew God, but I didn't know God, you know? Right. That's all of us, man. That's everybody who is walking on this earth. Either people don't know God or they know God. Either you have a relationship or you don't. I don't feel like there's an in-between. You can never know him enough. Marriage is constant work. You never know him enough, but you always have that comfort once you do know him. Once you start that journey with him. And I know that that you've seen a lot. You've seen a whole lot of stuff out there. The world's not a pretty place. You know, it's not the butterflies and rainbows that that some people want it to be. It's it's nitty gritty. You know, you've you've been in those homes, you've seen those things, and that that court that you were talking about, I've seen you through that. I've seen that make a change in your life. You know, that start as a great start. But you've been talking about. I, I want to give the the church that y'all go to a plug real quick. So. Well, can you tell some people about your church? Well, um, we go to it's it's called Life Point Church. Um, it's a I guess about a medium sized church. It's um, it's right here in Cartersville. It's actually within walking distance of the Good Neighbor Shelter. So, uh, just because of the geographic location, when I stayed at the shelter, that's how I ultimately ended up there. But uh, immediately once I got there, I was received. You know, I did. I, it was the first time I ever really went to church in my life, and I didn't feel like turning around and leaving immediately. I felt, I, I felt connected with people immediately, and that was something I'd never had. You know, not just with church, but just in places in general. And uh, you know, and I'm, I just made connections, and 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 the people there just impacted me enough to to come back the second time. That was the, that was the most important part. Is I went back a second time and a third. And it wasn't out of just somebody making me. It was something was drawing me there. And, oh, you know, the the pastor, his messages are, they're they're very good. I mean, they're straight from the Bible. It's a Jesus-loving church. I mean, it's it's easy. He's easy for me to connect to because of my past. And I know he's got a past and several of the others there have a past. and 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 they're open with their past. And it just makes it. You know, I, for me as a person, I don't want to hear. I didn't want to hear from somebody that didn't know what it's like. I always felt like I had to connect with that person on a on a personal level, like having someone that doesn't know what I've been through trying to tell me, you know, tell me something. I'm not open to. I wasn't always open to hear from that. But if uh, if I, you know, somebody that's got a past that's had an addiction problem or a or an incarceration problem or you know grew up without a father. And they come and they start talking about that. It's always made it easy for me to talk. But the church, that church, that's the way they came. 
you know, that's the connection I made there. And it's. Man, that is, that's, that's cool though. And, and that just, to me, that resonates. That resonates all through here. Because, you know, I went to that church and it wasn't even the pastor who was preaching. Who was that young, that young guy who was preaching? Uh, I think he had red hair. He's like a youth. He was a youth youth pastor. Um, he no. sounded when he preached. He reminded me of Francis Chan with hair. Francis Chan, and if y'all know who Francis Chan is, then they've been living under a rock, Nick. I, I suggest you go in and you you Google Francis Chan, or you go on YouTube and you find Francis Chan because the man is amazing. He is in love with Jesus. And now I keep I'm, now I keep on ranting about him, but anyways, Francis Chan, go find him out. Go look up the church that Nick talked about. If you're in the local area, I highly recommend that church, especially if you're in Bartow County, if you're in Cartersville, Georgia. But man, it's just it's an honor to have you on here, Nick. And do you have anything? And, and this is I asked Stephanie this same question. I ask if there's anything that you could tell yourself 10, 15 years ago, back when you were in the thick of the addiction, what would you tell yourself today? Um, honestly, I've, I, I can't think of what I would have told myself, but I would have loved to have heard my dad tell me, you know, um, you know, just be just, just to tell me you love me and just to be there, you know, and, and pick you up through your, through your, you know, a lot of the things that I, I'm just learning today, you know, like to work on cars or to do things or even at my job, just, just, it doesn't matter that you don't know, just to encourage, just a little bit of encouragement because that, those little things right there has kept me down. Even today, they still, I still struggle with that. So that's, that's what I would, I would probably like to tell my dad to tell me. <laughs> I guess yeah. is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, boys, so. boys need their daddies, you know. Yeah, just like girls need their daddies and mommy. It's hard. It's hard growing up with a father. And Nick, I think we need to go in depth on that while we're on here about how important is it is for fathers to stay in their in their child's life. And I know Stephanie felt the same way. It was there is a void there that parents feel. You know, both parents, it's not equal. It's not something that you do on your own. And a stepfather, as, as much as they try, they can't replace the real father. You know, we find our heavenly father who starts to change our lives and change our hearts. But to have that guy growing up in and having a relationship, you all see it with the girls. You know, I see it with my kids. And they, they if you show them what a father looks like in the early years, they have a better picture of what our heavenly father should look like, even though what he looks like completely trumps what we are. You know, he is everything. He is omnipotent. He is, he is perfect in every way. But when you have nothing to go by, like you were talking about, Nick, you know, it's kind of hard to make those connections. And I think that's why it took us so much trial and so much struggle is, is to find out that we are men. Now it took me a long time to realize I was a man because I never had a dad to tell me. Does that make sense? 
Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. It, I mean, I, I can relate to that. I just always felt like I've got to prove myself or I've always got to defend myself or, uh, you know, I, I'm always trying to be on guard, like to prove that I'm a man, you know, like, uh, yeah, it makes a lot of sense. And it's good to hear someone else that feels that way. So, you know, and I have a, and I have a funny feeling that we're not the only ones that somebody who listens to this podcast needs to hear this, that even if you grew up without a dad, even if you didn't have your life to show you how to be a man, you still have a heavenly father who sent his son, who is the perfect example of how a man is supposed to be. That is the perfect example I can give is the Jesus and how he walked on this earth. It teaches you how to be a father, but because listen, look at the pain that he talks to his disciples with. Look at his humility that he walks in. Look at how he didn't respect anybody or didn't dishonor anybody, but he, he, Cautioned them with love. There's times in the Bible where he re, he just said, you know, he thought the Pharisees, you know, pretty negative, but he did it love because he loved them. He knew what they were capable of. He knew what they could be. You know, I think that's father should get on to us when we get in trouble. That's how my father, if he was around, he should have got on to me. It should have corrected me was the same way Jesus was correcting the, the, them. And, you know, and that's what I talked to Stephanie about the fear of the Lord. You know, we're supposed to fear and respect fathers and their opinions. And, and when we don't have that fear, we start fear, fearing the things of the world. And that has a hold of us when we do that. But I, I think having a father would have completely changed everything about my life but you know what nick it could have been for the worst too it could have been one of those things where god says hey you're better off like this you're better off like that you know i can i can do more with you now that i you have me as the example of a father right i've never really thought about it that way chase but that that's worth thinking about yeah it's like how could our fathers ruin our life? How can our dads ruin our life when they were never there to mess it up? Right. You know I mean, right. That's, that's pretty deep. I've never, I've never really looked at it from that lens. But you know, I love, and we have a better father now. Right. Yeah, we have the ultimate father. Like our dad is in charge of everything. He runs everything. So, like, I don't even know why we're, we're fearful of things. Yeah, I I just, uh, you know, I in the mornings, you know, I'll, I'll pray, but on my way to work, you know, like, God, just um, just help me be a sponge today. Help me be like, come as a child today and just help me, um, you know, learn what I can learn and protect me. And don't just protect me physically on this job, but protect me from being – you know, some of the, you know, I go through a little bit of a, a hazing or whatever, because I'm 10 years older than most of the guys that are doing what I'm doing. And I'm just, I'm just catching up. I'm just learning. So it's, 
you know, and I, and I have to be protected, you know, because my pride wants to st- wants to wants to get in the way of that sometimes. And if I get prideful, I'm going to stop learning. I'm going to stop asking questions. I'm going to stop trying to grow. And that's a fear. That's a fear of, of these guys. But Nick, we're going to wrap this up. And uh, do you have any final words you'd like to say to the audience? Oh, uh, just. Just getting saved, just getting saved, and growing, just growing in Jesus is the greatest decision I've ever made in my life. I don't have a perfect life, but I have, I have a. I'm not just surviving today. I'm, I'm, I'm living, and uh, I'm, I'm. It's not always uh, butterflies and rainbows like you said, but, but each day, you know, I get up and I can look at the man in the mirror, and I can, and I know that I'm blessed to be to be able to look at myself and feel that way. It's amazing life, isn't it? Yes, sir. Jesus, the people who are fans of the podcast. Okay. And, and here's what I come up with, Nick, and I want to know your opinion. Real family. Hey, that sounds good, Chase. Real, Real family. Real family. I mean, yeah, I mean, I don't think you can get no better than that. No, because we're brothers and sisters in Christ. We're real family. And – Man, it, just keep, it kept running through my head. So real family it is. Y'all come up, y'all heard it from Nick. He likes it. So I hope y'all do too. So real family, if you need to get in touch with me, if you, if you would like to hear more about Nick, then go ahead and hit me up on real life, real talk, real Jesus at gmail.com. But Nick, I love you. And I'm going to real quick close this out. Lord, Heavenly Father, I ask you to just bless Nick. I ask you to bless his family and touch his heart, Lord. I ask that his passion never fades from you, that his desires always to draw closer to you every single day, Lord. I pray that for myself as well, Lord. I pray that for the audience, that the, the viewing audience and the listening audience, when they hear this, that they, they, they receive everything that you have for them, Lord. That, that you use us to connect to them in ways that they're not being connected with. Lord, and I ask that you just reach out and you touch their hearts, Lord. Do not let them be scared to reach out to us, Lord, and to just to ask us questions. If they need to know you better, Lord, just ask them, just, just let them reach in the word. And know you, Lord, let them talk to you and pray to you. Just open their heart up and soften it in Jesus' name. Anybody out there who is who is having thoughts of hurting themselves, Lord, I ask you to take that demon out in Jesus' name, that you just completely crush the thoughts of the enemy, show them who they are, fill them full of your spirit. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. All right, amen. Nick, I love you, buddy. I love you too, Chase. Thanks love for having you. me. Love you, real family, and we'll talk to you later. I'll talk to you later.